Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, uh, if you're new with us at church for the first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Jason Cusick. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and we're a multi-campus church, and that means we're one church in more than one location, so I want to say hi to everybody who's at our Torrance campus right now. Uh, We're connected live with you guys, so we're excited. They applaud really big at Torrance when, when we say hi. And there's also a group of you that weren't able to make it to either one of our campuses today and you're watching online, either live here on Sunday or during the week. And I want to say thanks for being with us. It's great that technology can bring us together. This is a really exciting Sunday for us as a church because it's part of what we call our fall kickoff. And this is uh, this week starts a bunch of our new home groups of people meeting in homes to connect with each other and grow together. We're also starting our care groups, which are ways for us to connect with each other to get the support and encouragement that we need through the normal but difficult transitions in life. We also have great stuff starting for our kids and our students, and we're going to be doing some outreach opportunities into the community. So it's a great time to be here in addition to what we do on Sunday mornings. So on Sundays, every week, we have about half an hour where we're singing together and hearing great music together. And then we spend about 30 minutes looking into something from the Bible and seeing how it can help us with our connection with God and how that can impact our life. And so today we're starting a new five-week series of messages called Doors. And this is all about decision-making, how we can go through those doors of decision in our life. And some of those doors are the doors that we choose, like what school we're going to go to, or what career we're going to go into, or making moral choices in our life. And some of the doors we go through are doors we didn't expect to go through. Things like when we face grief or crisis or other unexpected circumstances. When we go through doors that we don't expect or ones that we do expect, sometimes there's a lot of insecurity and instability in that. The good news is we don't have to go through doors in our life alone. We can go through them with Jesus and with other people. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Each week, we're going to be talking about a different kind of door that we walk through. And this week, today, we're going to start with this, the door of big decisions. When you go through a big door... It can be a bit overwhelming. Quick story, let me just tell you a time just recently where I went through a big literal door. I was at my friend John's house, and John has one of those multi-panel doors in his house. Uh, And I took a picture of me going through it. Here's me. This is the whole back of his house, and it's one big door. Some of you might have uh, doors like this in your house. I was pretty overwhelmed. I was like, this has got to be the biggest door I have ever gone through. And then I thought about it, and I was like, what are the biggest doors in the world? So I went on the internet, I started looking around, and I found the top three biggest doors in the world. So let me share them with you. The first one, this one's in Belgium. This is called the Antwerp House. It's a private residence. And uh, the doors are 20 feet tall, and they weigh four tons. This is amazing. Huge doors. Opens up the whole side of the house. Uh, None of us have probably walked through these actual doors because this is somebody's private residence. But the next door I'm going to show you, 
some of you might have actually walked through. This is the blast door at uh, NORAD Defensive Bunker in El Paso County, Colorado. So those of you that are in the military, connected with the government, I know you're not allowed to say that you walked through this door. But this is a 25-ton blast door. So this door can protect the people inside from a 30-megaton nuclear bomb. That's a big door to go through, right? Okay, what is the biggest door in the world? Here's what I found. This is the doors of NASA's Vehicle Assembly Building in Florida. Now, now we have got aerospace people, or some of you, or someone you know, has walked through these doors. These doors are so big and heavy, it takes 45 minutes to open them. Okay, these are massive doors. These doors are 456 feet high, and just for scale, here's the Statue of Liberty, which with its base is 305 feet tall, and poor Lady Liberty is like, oh, I'm so short next to this thing. What is the biggest doors you've ever walked through? What are they? What's the biggest doors you've ever, or more related to what we're going to talk about today, what are the biggest decisions that you've ever walked through? In fact, some of you might be walking through a big decision right now or getting ready to walk through a big decision. Maybe it's related to work. Maybe you're deciding whether or not to take that job or to leave that job. Some of you are thinking, maybe this is the time for me to retire and move to Texas just like everybody else is doing. Some of you are thinking about a relationship. You're like, is now the time to pop the question? Or some of you are like, Now's the time to get out of this relationship. Some of you were exposed to COVID this last week, and you're like, okay, i got to get back into guidelines, and i got to work with, the, with my job to figure out kind of how to protect me. Or your students at school. Some of you students are thinking, i got to be thinking about school. Where am I going to go after high school? What am I going to do after college? Some of you might be wrestling with some big decisions that are a little bit more personal, like should I finally start seeing that therapist? Or should I go back to therapy? Some of you might be facing that door of that AA meeting where you're like, I think I need to go through that door. And some of you, maybe even uh, some of you physically in our rooms today, the biggest door you walk through is coming to church this morning. This might be your first time in church, your first time back to church after being away for a long time, or your first time logging on to church because you're at a place, maybe like I was about 30 years ago, I got to a place about 30 years ago where I was like, I think there's more to life than what I'm doing here in this world. I feel like there's a spiritual thing that I'm missing. And if that's you, I just want to say, I think you're in the right place today. And I'm so glad that you're here. When we go through doors of big decision, it can create some insecurities, a feeling of smallness, some anxiety, some stress. But the good news is we can have help during those times. Here's the main idea of what I want to share with you today. We can gain God's wisdom when we're making big decisions. 
So I want you to think about some of the big decisions, maybe just one big decision that you might be in right now or one that might be coming up. And I want you to kind of hold that in your mind as we're walking through what we're going to read today and see if it can help you in that decision. Because we're going to look at some wisdom from Jesus to help us. And here's where we can find it in the New Testament of the Bible. Now, if you're new to the Bible, don't worry about it. I'm going to have everything you need to see here on the screen. But I want you to know one thing that we do as a church is we believe that the Bible is one of the primary ways that God can speak to us and guide us in our lives. So everything we do here kind of comes from the Bible and we reference the Bible. And if you've never read the Bible or you want a physical Bible, we have one for you on the way out. As you head out, you can go to our connections area and we'll give you one. There's also some great Bibles online that you can log on. And maybe make a reference, kind of jot down what this is. And this week, read this again for yourself. And we'll talk about how it relates. What we're going to read comes from this guy named Matthew. Matthew was one of Jesus' first followers. And what he did is he, he took notes and he wrote down a bunch of Jesus' teachings. And those teachings have been amazingly preserved for over 2,000 years. And they're just as relevant to us today as they were for his original followers. Jesus' followers and the people that Jesus talked to were making big decisions in their life. And they wanted God's wisdom. Here's what Jesus said to them. If you're looking for wisdom, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. When I read that, I am so encouraged Because I can be a pessimist real quick. You know, if I'm looking for answers and making big decisions and the the wisdom is not coming right, I don't know what to do. I go, man, I'm never going to find this out. I'm never going to know what to do. Oh, I just can't make a decision. And Jesus is like, well, just ask. And God's going to help you with that. If you keep knocking, you're going to, someone's going to open up. You're going to get what you need. And I, I think that's so, so encouraging. I think when we're looking for wisdom, of course, it's really good to ask other people and do research and check things out. But what Jesus is specifically talking about is talking to God. When you're faced with a big decision, it might sound overly simplistic, but when you're faced with a big decision, sit down and and ask God for wisdom. And you can also ask other people as well. So that's, that's kind of the first point of how we can gain wisdom when we face big decisions is this. Ask God and other people for wisdom. Again, it uh, might sound overly simplistic, but it's amazing how sometimes we don't kind of just stop and, and ask God for help. It's the biggest decision you've ever made. I can tell you that one of the big decisions I had to make was whether or not to accept this position as lead pastor of this church. Um, I, uh, I didn't grow up spiritual or religious. This is the last job I thought I would have. And I say that even at the first service, my mom was here. You want to find somebody that would, that would verify that this was the last job I would have? Ask my mom. She was like, I never saw this coming. 
I came to faith when I was 19 years old. And um, when I came to faith, I, I had a desire to help people. So I actually went into hospital chaplaincy. I was the guy that worked at the hospital and would go around and visit patients and, and help them make a connection between what was going on with them physically and their spiritual or religious beliefs or their values. And, and I got a lot out of that. Um, after a while, when I felt like I was done with that, someone offered a position here at this church in, in another role. And I was like, okay, as long as I'm not the lead guy, I will take it. So I worked here for years. And then about seven years ago, we went through a change and I was offered this position. Now, being a pastor, it's a lot like every other job. You know, you apply for it and then you go through interviews and you talk to different people and then you accept or, or say no to it. But boy, I didn't want to be the lead guy here. That's the last job I wanted. And you know why? Because I had something called imposter syndrome. Let's put that up there real quick. You know what that is, imposter syndrome? Have you heard of that? That's when you're kind of like, if they knew the real me, maybe I wouldn't be doing that. Have some of you felt that, like you're on the job, you get a new job, and you're like, am I the grown-up here now? Am I, like, like, do I really know what I'm doing? I, I still wrestle with that. Like, isn't there somebody else in charge around here? And I, I love what I do, and I feel called to what I do. But that imposter syndrome kind of sticks out a little bit. I was on vacation a few years back, and I came back, and my key didn't work in my lock. I was like, they found out. They, they changed the locks while I was gone. I think any time we face a big decision, it's normal to have self-doubt. But instead of dealing with self-doubt like, I'm great, I'm awesome, I can do it. Imposter syndrome is an invitation to something else. We can encounter, we can counter self-doubt with humility. When we're faced with a big decision and we feel kind of, oh, I don't know what to do, I'm struggling, I, I don't know if I can do this. The best thing we can do is say, let me talk to God and let me talk to other people. We don't have to kind of barrel through and say, I can do it. It's an opportunity to humble ourselves. I've been reading through the Bible, which is like a really challenging as well as a, like a really exciting kind of project. And I ran across this story of this young leader. His name is Solomon. His father was the king of Israel. And then Solomon was, was appointed that he would be the new king of Israel. And this story in the Old Testament of the Bible describes one night when God appeared to Solomon in a dream. And look what it says. He says, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. A lot like what Jesus was saying uh, later where he says, ask and you'll receive, right? Can you imagine God showing up and saying, what would you like? Ask. And I'll give it to you. It's like one of those genie in the bottle thing. I'll take a hundred more wishes, thank you. You know? What do you want? What does Solomon ask for? So Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David. Now, O Lord my God, you've, you've made me king instead of my father David. But I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. Give me an understanding heart so I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great 
people of yours. What a great thing to ask for. No, he didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for security. He asked for an understanding heart. You know, this, this part of this, this story was originally written in the Hebrew language. And in the Hebrew language, it literally says, give me a listening heart. When we're faced with big decisions, we need to say, am I listening? Am I listening to God? And am I listening to other people? So here's an action step I have for you here. Uh, Schedule time with God and time with a wise friend this week. What does that mean? It means you're facing a big decision or another big decision is going to be coming up. What would it be like to set aside some time and actually just tell God what you're dealing with, the decision that you're trying to sort out? For some of you, you're verbal processors. You just talk to God. Here's what's going on. Here's the decision I have to make. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. Others of you, you're not talkers. You're writers. That's great. Journal it. Write a letter to God. Here's the decision I need to make. Here's the timeline for it. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. And then here's the important part. After you do that, listen. Connecting with God and getting wisdom is a two-way conversation. And I'm not saying like the heavens will open up and you'll hear, and now you will do this. That's not what it is. But when you say, God, here's what I'm dealing with, or you write that out and you quiet yourself, sometimes new thoughts will come to your mind. Sometimes memories of things people said will come to your mind. Sometimes you'll remember things, or as you're listening, your thoughts and your feelings will sort out in a different way. And at times, that is God guiding and directing you. And I, we talked about the Bible earlier. Sometimes what happens as you read the Bible is God will remind you of things he already said to other people thousands of years ago. And you go, oh, that, that kind of counts for me. So spend some time just kind of quieting yourself and see what wisdom comes to you. And do some of that processing with a wise friend. Now, who are wise friends? Who are your wise friends? Let me tell you how I categorize wise friends in my life. Three things. They know me well. They ask more than tell. And they don't think exactly like me. That last one's really important, especially when we're seeking wisdom. Because if we only share our decision-making and the big decisions we're dealing with life and how we're processing with people who think exactly like us, we will fall into what's called confirmation bias. We're like, well, here's what I think I should do. What do you think I should do? I think you should do this. Well, that's good. That's what I think. Well, of course, because they think exactly like you. Maybe it's better to talk to somebody who doesn't think like you who doesn't process information like you, who doesn't ask the same questions you do, who doesn't vote like you, who doesn't see the world like you, because now you've got different perspectives and you can kind of sort that stuff out. Are you a wise friend to other people? Do you know someone well enough that if they're going through questions, you know them, you kind of know their process? Do you ask more than tell? That means, are you really quick with giving advice or 
And if you are, how much quicker can you be with asking good questions, drawing a person out? And then can you think differently? Can you surround yourself with people who process information differently? That's how wisdom can come to us. When we're faced with big decisions, God wants to give us wisdom. And part of it is through us asking God and wise friends to help us. Now, some of you are like, I'm right in the middle of a big decision. I I asked God and I asked other people and I still don't know what to do. And some of you this week, you'll be like, okay, I'm going to go ask God. And you ask God, nothing. You You don't know what the answer is. Let's go back to what Jesus said because he's, the way he describes this can help us address that question. Notice the tense he uses. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. This is not a one and done. God, I need wisdom for this. Like it downloads into our brain and then we know what to do. Sometimes that happens. That's wonderful when we get that kind of clarity. But a lot of our biggest decisions require more processing time, more thinking time. And we need to make sure that we're not lured in by that false sense of urgency where we feel like it has to happen right away. Because when we do that, we, we might be veering into some unhealthy territory. If we want to gain God's wisdom when we're making big decisions, we need to ask God and other people. And number two... We need to seek truth and don't settle for easy lies. See, sometimes when we want to make a decision, and it's a big decision, we might be tempted to go for what's comfortable right away. Or this is what I did last time, I'll do it this time. Or this feels easy, let me do this. But that's not always truthful. It's not always healthy. Years ago... uh, I was having a really tough time on my job. I felt very unfulfilled. The organization I was part of was going through a lot of changes, and I was having a lot of conflict with my boss. I really didn't feel like I was in the right place. I talked to some coworkers, and my coworkers said, you know what, you know the the reason you're not fulfilled? Because they don't appreciate you here. They don't understand you. And they said, "If, if they understood how hard you were working, they would treat you better. Have you, have you had people say that? Have you felt that? That made a lot of sense to me. The only problem was, it was wrong. <laughs> the reason I was having conflict on this job is because I wasn't communicating to my boss the frustrations and the challenges I was feeling. I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't managing up. I was expecting everything to come my way. And as a result, I was passing the buck of responsibility. I had to take responsibility for me and not give in to the easy answer, I'm right, my boss is wrong. We do this in marriage. We do it in parenting. We do it in teams. The easy way is to say, here's what makes sense to me at the moment. You're wrong. I'm right. Real wisdom takes more listening and more time. It means coming back, maybe to the same conversation again and again, in order to draw out some more wisdom and get more understanding. But that requires a certain persistence. 
You know, when Jesus said, knock and keep on knocking, it wasn't the only time that he used knocking on a door as a metaphor for gaining wisdom. Um, He shared this hypothetical story one time when he was teaching to illustrate this, uh, the, the idea of persistence in gaining wisdom. And here's the hypothetical story he shared. He said, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. This made sense back in the first century. Like, they would have said, well, of course, yeah. Um, You went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. Now, suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door's locked for the night, and my family and I, we're all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And then what Jesus does, he goes on to say, if your friend will give you what you need because you are shamelessly persistent and he's just a friend, don't you think God is going to give you what you need if you keep knocking? Now, that might be a little bit troubling for some of you. You might have grown up in homes where you were taught, just ask mom once or dad once. Don't ask him again or mom's going to get mad or dad's going to get mad. Or maybe you grew up in in a church or a religion where like pray, ask, and then be done with it. Don't ask God. God's going to be mad at you. But you know what? When we're asking God for wisdom, he doesn't get upset with us. In fact, Jesus' brother, James, puts it this way. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. When we get in that spot where we're like, I don't know what to do, so let me just hurry up and make a decision. I don't know what to do, but here's the quickest decision I can come to. We need to counter that quick decision-making with self-discipline. This is where we learn to, to do what's called emotional self-regulation. We go, okay, i got to deal with my anxiety. i got to deal with this false sense of urgency. Do I actually need to make this decision right now? Or can I wait on this? Do I need to seek more wisdom, more input, more perspective. We're in a culture that rushes things. But God's inviting us to be counter-cultural and take our time, especially when it comes to big decisions. So here's the second action step I have here. When it comes to making big decisions, be persistent when you're looking for wisdom. What does this look like? It could mean instead of just setting aside time this week, To ask God and other people, how about every week? Maybe it means learning to have a bit more self-control in your own sense of urgency. Learning to slow down a bit and not be ready, fire, aim. (laughs) You know? Maybe it means creating some strategy for your decision-making. I know for me... A lot of times what I'll do is when I, when I hear about a decision that needs to be made, I'm, I find out, okay, when does this have to be made? Because sometimes I'm like, I've got to make this now. And they're, 
I've talked to people like, hey, we've got to make this decision. When do I have to make this? They say, well, at least by next month. Oh, <laughs> all right, I've got some time to kind of sort this out. And what I'll often do is I'll create what I call like a season of discernment. So I'll say, maybe I'm going to think about this and pray about this and, and get some input on this for the next week or the next month. I had one decision a while back, and I was like, I'm going to spend about six months thinking about this decision. And what that does, some of you might be like, you're not doing anything for six months? Oh, no, it's a very active process. But when you give yourself the space for wisdom, sometimes wisdom shows up in a lot clearer way. Now, there does come a point when you have to make a decision, right? And sometimes a decision is better than no decision. And we can't fall into the myth of certainty. Like, I can't make a decision until I know exactly what to do, and I am 100% confident. That's, that's not really how most decisions work. At some point, you make a decision, and then you follow up with the next decision that's a result of that one. And we'll talk about decision-making and, and when we execute some of those decisions in some upcoming messages. But for now, let's focus on the idea of kind of reorienting ourselves, taking some of these big decisions and saying, how can I spend some time with God and wise people and open myself up to wisdom on these big decisions? Let me review what we talked about. We can gain God's wisdom when uh, when we're making big decisions, one, ask God and other people for wisdom. And two, seek truth. Don't settle for easy lies. Now, some of you are in a big decision moment right now. And maybe you've never thought about, oh, I could invite God into that. Some of you might be like, I've, I've never even considered that before. Other people, you're like, of course I've gone to church for a long time. I'm a very spiritual person, but you've never actually done it. You go, well, that's a great idea, but I've never actually said, God, help me with this decision. If you'd like to talk with somebody about that, we have some people out in our connections area right after the service that would love to meet with you. We also have some volunteers who are part of what's called our prayer team. And at the end of the service, they'll be right down here in front of the cross in Manhattan Beach. It's over on this side of the room, Torrance. It's on this side of the room. And these are individuals that would love to just listen to what's going on, pray with you, pray for you as you're in the face of the doors of big decisions. I'm going to close this in prayer, but let me just say one last word. To those of you who are here in church, maybe for the first time or you're back after a long time of being away, the biggest door you might have walked through, like I said, might have been the door to that church. When I was 19 years old, walking through a door of a church, that was the biggest door I've ever been in. But when I walked in, I can tell you I was in the right place. And I think you're in the right place today. And I want to thank you for being here. Next week, we're going to be talking about the door of change. Change is inevitable. How can we invite God into our lives to help us deal with change better and have God's view about change? We're going to talk about that next week. Would you all stand? We're going to close our message portion and the service. 
I'll ask you to stand over there at Torrance. Again, if you're with us for the first time, thanks for being here. Would love to connect with you after the service. And we have iced coffee today, so make sure you hang out, meet some new people. Would love to, uh, would love to meet you myself. Let me close this in prayer. God, thank you. Thank you that when we're making big decisions, uh, we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be nervous about you getting mad at us. And thanks for the invitation to ask you. You know the end from the beginning. You know us well. God, help us uh, this week to be able to come to you and have those wise people in our lives to, to make wise decisions about the big stuff in our life. And we'll come back next week and the week after that with a story to tell. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody.